0: Return to our regularly scheduled program. Stand by for
1: we interrupt our program to bring you this important message.
2: Hello, and welcome to episode number five of Tyler and Lynch on standby. This is the Green Edition, if you're yep. watching. Uh, we coordinated outfits, we all green today. It's good. Uh, that's because we got a special guest coming up. Our first guest interview, which we're pretty excited about, Jeremy Taggart, the uh, former drummer of Our Lady Peace, host of the Taggart and Torrance podcast.
1: Owner of a MySpace page. Probably. <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Producer Alexi is here. Once again, big thank you to 604 Studios and the Comedy Here Often Podcast Network for allowing us to use the space. And uh, before we get into that, we got a couple of emails. So Tyler and Lynch at gmail.com. Uh, this one came in from Alicia hey Tyler and Lynch I've really been enjoying your guys's podcast and I just had to let you know that last week I had the song Peaches stuck in my head for about four days after listening to your uh review on it Lynch and I didn't have the Justin Bieber version stuck in my head I had the Lynch version stuck in my head (laughs) so whenever I would hear it in my head or sing it out loud uh I would have, you know, a slightly offbeat rhythm and, you know, questionable pitch and tone. But it was interesting that I had the Lynch version stuck in my head. I gotta say, I've been the exact same since you did that. Really? I can't. Yeah, you say with you, Alexia. Yeah. I can't stop singing your version of
1: Peaches. I like the North Dakota line <laughs> yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you
2: should reach out. They yeah. can add that in. Uh, <laughs> but I thought, you know, after the, the, the losses this weekend, maybe you could do Peaches uh, DMX style for us as a tribute, as a nice tribute. I do, I do, what? Yeah, yeah, just do your best at DMX, maybe.
1: I don't really know if I can do no, that. No no, no,
2: no, no! You definitely can't get away with DMX. You no. probably get. A, you could probably do a Prince Philip version. I don't. I think that would be allowed, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. mm, perhaps, maybe yes. You
2: do peaches <laughs> in your best Prince Philip as a tribute. As a tribute. All right, man.
1: How does it go again? I got my peaches uh, down uh, in Georgia. Okay, oh, that right, shit! Right, right. I got it. Mmm. Got my peaches down in Georgia. Oh, yeah, that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, something like that. You know, it needs a little bit of work. Yeah. Uh
2: thank you to Alicia for that message. Uh also from the last one, we were talking about how when you die, I'm gonna buy you a bench in a park. Yeah. Uh Mike message in a bench, at least in Vancouver, I'm sure it changes from city to city, but in Vancouver a bench costs sixty five hundred bucks. That's what? for the rest of your like well, but, but, eternity, that, you have a bench. Is that yearly rate? I don't know. He just it was just a YouTube comment. that says a bench in Vancouver runs sixty five hundred bucks. I would imagine it's a one time buy. Yeah.
1: I don't know, man. There's a lot of people who sit on those benches and a lot of people probably waiting in line to get their name on that bench. You
2: think so? They could just put in more
1: benches. Well, they could do that, but then <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's just never be enough a park of benches. <laughs> right. With like dead people on them. <laughs>
2: So that's a little update. Okay, so 6500 bucks. If anyone, we should start a GoFundMe for Lynch's death bench. Uh, Alex, Not a do you know how to it's set up those bench. links? Can we set up that link?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll link that in the description or whatever. We'll get a, we'll get you a bench. Okay, alright. Yeah, yeah, and then, nice, we'll, and that's then we'll work nice. on killing you. Um, I'm doing that
1: good on myself. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> And then uh, we were talking about search history. That seemed to be a a popular thing. The Lynch reviews thing, by the way, is people are requesting reviews. I got a request. Have you watched This is a Robbery? No. What is that? It's like the world's biggest art theft story. It's like a new Netflix documentary series. It's fascinating. It's great. That kind of stuff is cool. Yeah. See, but that's what I was like. I don't know if we need you to review something that we know is good. Like, I kind of like it more when it's something bad. There were suggestions to do more Harry Potter movies. i to sit through those again? Yeah. Uh, Send in your suggestions. I'm going to make you watch some stuff and we'll do some more Lynch reviews. People like those. Uh, They also like the search history thing, though. Carrie sent in this story, though.
0: A little while back, I started typing into my phone, uh, I want to. I don't remember what it was that I wanted to find or know at the time. um, But the Google suggestions... um, were a little surprising to me. So I took a screen grab of what came up under suggestions. Um, I want to, number one Google suggestion was, I want to eat your pancreas, which what? apparently
1: is a 2018 <laughs> yeah. film.
2: So yeah, yeah, so if you type in I want to, the first thing that's going to come up is I want to eat your pancreas, which Ooh. is a weird autofilm. That that's
1: a film?
2: <gasps> yeah, so I went, I did, I went, I dived deep in this. And it kind of ties back into episode four about how you should review anime. And I kind of think you should review this anime film. It's uh, What do you even find this? It, I don't know. I'm sure we could find a link to it. It's uh, It started as a book. It's called I Want to... Or It started as Let Me Eat Your Pancreas, and then it became a movie called I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. It's an anime film. Do you want me uh, to read the plot here off Wikipedia? Oh, cool. Yeah. Haruki comes across a book in a hospital waiting room. He soon discovers that it is a diary kept by his very popular classmate, Sakura, who reveals to him that she is secretly suffering from a fatal pancreatic illness. Despite this, Sakura intends to maintain a normal school life and thus is drawn to Haruki, due to his relatively unfazed reaction to her condition. It then goes on, and there's a weird twist in the middle. I'm not going to read you the whole plot, but it just says, later that night, Haruki is watching the news with his family, which reveals that Sakura was stabbed on her way home, (laughs) and that she is dead. He breaks down and does not attend her funeral. So it's called I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, and that's not what ended it for. It was a random street stabbing. Jesus, Mary Joseph. uh, (laughs) Maybe that's the anime film that we get you to review. Right, Uh, Alexa?
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No.
2: Come on. I want to know about it. Pardon? I want to know about it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm fascinated with the idea. Uh, Then he goes on and he becomes best friends with her best friend, apparently, and they didn't get along before. Honestly, it seems like a horrendous plot. That's why I'm not going to read you the whole thing. I spent far too much time looking into this yesterday.
1: I want to eat your pancreas.
2: Uh, But... Cool. All right. Mm. Thank you, Carrie, for uh, informing us of this film. Lynch's
1: review coming soon? Yeah, we'll see. Possibly? We'll see. Send in other reviews, though. Yeah, let us know. Other things, maybe. Uh,
2: send in your emails, tylerlynch at gmail.com. Uh, but let's not waste any more time. Let's get in with uh, our guest today once again. Uh, the man is Jeremy Taggart. Uh, he is the former drummer of Our Lady Peace, the Taggart and Torrance podcast, the book Canadianity. Yep. Uh they got an album out as well, a musical album called Bods B-A-H-D-S. Yep. Like, what's up, Bod? It's a pretty popular saying in their show. Uh, it's Jeremy Taggart, everybody. When was the last time we talked? It's been forever. Uh yeah. Probably at the show our show, maybe? Yeah. Like yeah in I Vancouver? Was... Yeah. We were just talking about that. Uh, I don't know if you know the whole story behind that, but like, I didn't know that you guys were going to bring me up on stage during that show. And beforehand we ripped a huge joint and (laughs) I can't be on stage when I'm high. Like it just freaks me out so bad. And Lynch Lynch didn't tell me I was going to go up and I really wish he would have given me a heads up because I would not have got so high before.
0: I do. I do remember your face when we said, come on up. You're like, No, I can't.
2: (laughs) I hate being high on stage. I don't know how you do it.
0: Like, what does that mean? Is there like some like some guy that you don't want to see in the audience? You know, like someone that some of your enemy that like you saw that if they see you, they're gonna kill you or something. Your face was like, I can't, I can't go up there.
2: Oh, yeah. He's gonna see me. I'm gonna be dead, tonight <laughs> <laughs> And then I get up there, and then, like, I just ended up, I forget what I, we were even doing, what the segment was, but I ended up defending Nickelback, and your audience was not having that. They were, <gasps> <laughs> I was like, I, I picked the wrong path here. This is not the show to yeah. defend Nickelback.
0: <laughs> no, that's it. So, yeah, that's why you don't do it when you're high, because all of a sudden you're just like opposites.
2: <laughs> we have to defend Nickelback back now we're literally on chad Kroger's soundstage at 604 so oh, he's are. kind of our boss now so
0: no way probably well, my favorite
2: band probably my favorite <laughs> band
0: yep you, you don't have to you don't have to love the music to be a, a friend yeah, exactly. that's true
1: that's true exactly <laughs>
0: you were in know? the hero video weren't you yeah yeah I, I, well i mean i i'd like to consider myself an acquaintance of chad that uh when I see him, we have a few laughs and uh, yeah, I, uh, you know, I might rib him here and there, but you know, he gets all that stuff. He ribs himself. That's kind of the, the, the whole beauty of it. <laughs> right. Right. But he's a, you know, he's a very successful dude. Like seriously, the guy, yeah. knows, how
1: to, guy knows how to make a buck. <laughs> <laughs> how did you get involved with that hero video? Uh,
0: Matt Cameron who played on the song uh, I was there when like at, at the studio with him and our, our mutual friend, Greg Kaplinger, a, a, a drum maker and a buddy of, of mine from Seattle. So I went to the session and then Matt had an issue, a family issue. He had to go back to Seattle and uh, he had, you know, kind of as a favor and to do it. I, I uh, Chad asked me if, uh, if I do it, I said for sure. Absolutely. Had nothing so else to go uh, that day. It was a good time. And I honestly, uh, never was I more recognized on the street than after that video. Everywhere. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, I'm in like two little snips of that of that video, but I'd be in like London and it'd be like,
2: I might so you the hero video. Oh my <laughs> Like, if we could go back to the Our Lady Peace days for a second, do you think it would have been, like, would you have enjoyed being in a band uh, that successful in the internet era? Like, do you think that would have drastically changed? Obviously, it would have drastically changed the experience. But do you think, like, are you happy that the internet wasn't as big when that was going around? Um.
0: No, I think it would have been uh e- bigger, actually, easier for us. Because um Our Lady Peace... um. As big as we were, we didn't get press, you know, right. like we didn't get, uh, you know, Rolling Stone or magazines like that. We, we never got spin or like no one ever came out to interview us. And I don't know why, but with the, you know, probably made up being annoying to, to <laughs> <from> the internet. <beginning. laughs> but, you know, uh, at the you know, I think if the Internet was going on, then we probably would have been way bigger because you see how it doesn't matter if you have press anymore. It's just a, if you can continue uh, and people know about you, they find out online. So, and we were kind of into like the dawn of, of the internet, definitely, because I remember like no internet on V, And then like all of a sudden during Clumsy, Mike Turner was like on the computer talking to fans. And that was basically the dawn of it where we had message boards and all that stuff. And um, that was kind of the, the way people were connecting, uh, at at that time. But yeah, now you don't, you know, you don't have the, uh, I guess it's the, maybe the visual aspect, you know, like when someone's just firing up their phone and, now, next thing you know somebody says you know some makes and making some fun of somebody and it goes out there and you're cancelled right away you know,
2: right. Like you're, can just, you're just you're just trying things. to rock a piss in an alley after a couple yeah. drinks and you, you, you can't even get away with it anymore it's ridiculous
3: yeah some,
0: some big, big huge guy he calls some guy fatso and it's over
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, the uh, the other no. time I remember getting real high with you was in Toronto. Uh, another time, I just like I I don't think I'm as experienced why, with why marijuana. Why has
0: question you. been about getting high? So because, because I need to
2: clarify these stories. Lynch makes fun of me all the time for this. Like we met up in Toronto, and like <laughs> first off, because, talk, we, because we started, it's funny. <laughs>
0: C D is funny because we made a mustache on his face and then smoked it in the joint. And then yeah. like, oh no, it doesn't have a mustache
2: again. So we have to put the weed there. We, we need some- to clarify this story. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs>
1: the story up here.
2: What, what was the album cover? What, what what album was it? It was Gord's Gold, I think. Like, right. right, I just think kept- so. I think so. And you're like busting up weed on Gordon Lightfoot's face. And you're like, we'll know that we have enough weed when it covers this whole mustache. Oh, and then that's you-
3: right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then we roll it up and we smoke it. And then I was once again, just way too high. And then we ended up going to like some sushi place. Do you remember? I've, and I've never had cone sushi before in my life. I was like, I was way too young. It was way too fancy uh you were talking to some guy that like owns a golf course that you knew or something i, I was lost the rest of the night is gone for me
0: that's right because you're like 18 i keep yeah, forgetting. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I
3: you're like the kid right <laughs> yeah, you're like,
0: yeah like you're doing because i always picture because i met you through Lynch, I, you know, pictured like that age group. I'm like, oh, what? You're fucking, you don't even know who Gordon Lightfoot is. (laughs)
1: Because you came back and you're like, yeah, he put it on like Burton Cummings' mustache. They're like, like, no, it was Gordon Lightfoot's mustache.
2: Everybody knows when you're busting up weed, it's Gordon's mustache. Uh, Burton would be a big, huge weed, that would be a big joint. (laughs) That'd be a blunt. That would be (laughs) a... How did you guys meet? Like, because Lynch, you're in the the radio industry for a long time. Like, I would imagine you were in radio when OLP was coming up.
0: Yeah, we just from interviews. I think right.
1: Yeah, Taggart was like the interview guy for OLP. Like, you were always attending radio stations to do the interviews. Is it because because
2: Rain made us so quiet that they don't let him? Like I said, uh, maybe because he was too
0: grumpy or annoying. (laughs) He was grumpy a lot.
1: But, you know, Tags and I hit it off right away, you know. We used to come into my old station, Winnipeg, all the time.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah and it was always a good time, for sure.
2: And then then uh, I mistook you for a homeless person, and then now we're here. It happens. Yeah. It
1: happens a lot. Did <laughs> I you I tell still... Taggart that story? Do
2: you know that story? Do you remember the day you came by the <laughs> the, the Calgary studio, and it's like the the street side windows, and you're oh, like yeah. knocking to get in. And I was in the studio and I was like, I'm not letting this homeless person into the <laughs> studio. Like, cause there's a lot of homeless people in that area and we had never met before. And like, you just kept knocking and I was just ignoring you. Like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden I can't wait
0: to, I can't wait to ignore you when I get in there. Yeah.
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So then I like cracked the door and you're like, I'm here for Lynch. And I was like, okay. And then I didn't let you in, shut the door, and I called Lynch upstairs. I was like, there's like a homeless guy asking for you. And he's like, that's Jeremy Taggart. Let him in. So I'm sorry for that. I apologize. I'm glad we've got over oh, it. I remember. Yeah,
0: yeah. I remember everything.
2: <laughs> oh. So you got the podcast, you and Torrance, obviously. You got the book, you got the album. You guys are doing lots. Uh, when did, uh, when did you guys like, how did you and Jonathan ever meet And like, where did, where did the podcast start? We're new to the podcast world. We're figuring it out. What worked for you guys? Yeah. How did it start? Um, I,
0: I think probably through the Jay and Dan pod. Cause we, uh. you know, we knew each other before that. Um, originally through the trailer park boys, uh, came out and did some stuff with OLP in the early two thousands, like, oh, um, i tour the gravity tour. And uh, that's, I got to know Jonathan around just after that time. And we always wanted to do something together, like some kind of, you know, collaboration. And I think the the dawn of podcasting, and I had a podcast by myself, and then uh, I kind of started guesting on the Jay and Dan pod. um, And then I heard him on there. And I was like, well, that would make it a lot easier if we did it together instead of me having to do it by myself. Because he's such a funny guy and every conversation that I had with him, we would laugh. So I was like, I think if we just, you know, record our conversation, like our weekly chat or whatever, that should be it. You know, like initially we started having guests and um, it it felt like every time you had a guest, you know, you're the thing that we were doing would go away and it would become about the other person for like a half an hour. And then we would come back and, um, it seemed more fun to be just messing around and, and, and then booking guests was an issue. And then the technical side of having a third person and editing it all together, it just became so much of a hassle that we said, let's just try it without guests and see if it works. And it it definitely made it uh, better right away. We uh, just concentrated on content to, to talk about and maybe a game and centralize the idea of it being the content is just our conversation. So whatever um, our reaction towards each other, you know, we're laughing. So maybe other people will laugh. And I think that's also why people feel like our podcast is like, they're sitting with us because it's just, you know, like sitting around chatting, having a laugh.
2: Right. And just to like clarify, Jonathan Torrance is who we're talking about. J-Rock, yes. Trailer Park Boys. John O'Vision, back in the day. Oh, hell yeah. When you were touring like that, did you, how did you feel about having like a, a, a comedic opener? Like that's always an interesting thing I see bands do. Like I hear about like... like uh, Nirvana had like Bobcat. Yeah. And like, I just, I've heard, I don't know. I've never been to a show where that's a thing. And I've done yeah. comedy and I've been well, to lots I mean, of concerts yeah, and I just I mean, don't know how it flows. It's it's not a really a, a common
0: thing, really. To be honest, like you don't really see unless it's like a big festival or something they have MCs, but um, you don't really see. Uh, and and the, sure, you see comedians, but you don't really see people from a TV show. And uh, we were just watching the show and fans of the show and to um, to t- <coughs> our our. Uh, trying to remember who how initially it, Tim our our lighting guy or our sound guy Tim w- was working with Sandbox way back in the day so uh, Mike Smith's Bubbles w- who was the guitar player in Sandbox uh, Tim was their tour manager and sound guy back in the day so um we were watching the show and thought Trailer Park Boys first couple seasons had happened and it was just Hilarious, and I was like, "Hey Tim, like, don't you ask those guys to come and, you know, MC the Gravity Tour, just in between the bands, do something and chat it up, and people love the show. It'll be fun." And uh, it, it kind of they didn't know what to do. Clattenburg came with them. We ended up filming a, a never seen episode that's still on the cutting room floor. A <laughs> thing called Peace in the Park, and uh, it was a great a great time, a whole month of those guys with us on the bus, like Bubbles was stealing shopping carts and putting them in the, the bay of the bus. Just like really funny stuff. Us coming off stage and our rider being gone and like, you know, uh, getting Edmonton Oilers jerseys with our names on the back and like Ricky comes out and it's like says Maida on the back of his you know, Just really easy to put together but really funny stuff that uh i I mean hopefully someday it'll come out but like that was a a great time and they you know they worked up a set to to do in between bands that they still do now live like a lot of that stuff so they didn't know what to do but then they figured out what to do and um i think it kind of gave them the idea of, of live performance for their for their show as well so um that I mean that's that's the reason we did it. And it, it definitely it was funny because the beginning of the tour, nobody really knew who the trailer park boys were. But like by the end, they were bigger than us in a sense. Like we would go into Denny's and everybody would just rush to those guys. Like it was, it was crazy. We saw it just blow up. That's, Denny's seems like uh, a place. I was yeah, yeah, gonna yeah, say
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OLP money gets you Denny's.
0: Well, when you're, when you're on the road, I'd like to See you try and find something else for yeah. breakfast
1: <laughs> when
2: you're in the middle of nowhere.
1: That's true. Lethbridge, <laughs>
2: <laughs> the Lethbridge Denny's—that's a place to get in a fight. That's the place where Marilyn Manson got beat yeah, up. Yeah, he got knocked Lethbridge out Denny's. there. Good. Which, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's I was
3: just gonna say <laughs> a
2: little foreshadowing there. Of
3: that man,
0: I'd <laughs> be yeah. up there with Danzig. Remember when you see Danzig get knocked out in the <laughs> yep. video? <laughs> He's like messing with some guy backstage and the guy's like, fuck you dancing. And like, yeah.
3: God, that was cool. <laughs> like,
2: Yeah, I love that. <laughs> when you uh, when you started the pod, did you ever think you'd turn into an author afterwards? Because you, you guys wrote a book. And then, yeah, like no. you got the album out now too. Like it's it's really way more than just a podcast at this point. You guys I, have created this whole base, and it's I, I everything. It's
0: uh, we look at the podcast or whatever we do is just kind of a uh, this thing, and uh, whatever we can build off of that. We're, you know, I, my background in the music industry and, and Jonathan's background in, t- in t- film and television. Um, you know, that's kind of why we tried to figure out, well, you know, we, a book would be fun. We talk about our experiences. And, and that was a great, a great thing that we did with HarperCollins. It was awesome. Um, it, was, it, was, it was really good for us. And then uh, to, to, to branch out to music was kind of the next step. And I think that was uh, an, a great thing as well because we play live. We, we perform music live. And, uh, it was just kind of an easy thing to, to add on to it. And it's too bad that it had to come out in the middle of a pandemic, but I mean, <laughs> it's something that we have now and we'll build upon and we'll definitely make more records. And, uh, um, it was a lot of fun to do that too.
2: The, uh, the pandemic, how, uh, you're holed up in Ontario, right? You're at the lake.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, we're quarantined here, heavy lockdown.
1: <laughs> yeah, but your place is pretty damn sweet, though, on the lake.
0: Yeah, it's not—it's not a bad place to be stuck in for sure.
1: Are you trying to July. sell that? It's sold.
0: I sold it in the fall. Oh, you did? I yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm looking for a house right now. I'm here till July, so as it stands, so I'm renting my old house, which is pretty weird.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, what like blows my mind that I didn't know until. Lynch brought it up this morning, but like when you started playing with Our Lady Peace, like you were like, what, 17 years old, Lynch was saying? Like you were young, eh? Like how did you even get in to play bars and stuff? Like what's that process when you're, like you talk about taking me out when I was like young. Like you were young when this all started.
0: Yeah, well, you go out when uh, you go to the gig when you're loading in during the day and then you leave at the end when people are, you know, Going out, you know, you don't ever go in the lineup where people go in. So that was my thing when I was younger, because I was even hanging out with, uh, you know, musicians in Toronto that were playing live or had cover gigs. So I would, I'd be going into bars, but uh, you know, my thing was I never drank anything. I was never getting messed up or anything. All I did was just hang out with with the musicians and sit in and learn, kind of, you know. Uh, the the idea of uh, being a a trade musician. And that's kind of what I was aiming at becoming, was just uh, really uh, uh, any gig you can get from cruise ship to Holiday Inn lobby. You know, that's the primary, you know, if you're a musician, you have to look at the reality of most musicians uh, you have to realize that you're going to do whatever you can do, whatever gig you can get. And it's uh, it's not going to be, you know, a Keith Urban tour in the fall like that. <laughs> That's not how it works. You have to, you know, do local gigs and uh, a lot of uh, cover stuff and whatever you can get. I mean, it's even more difficult now, but back then uh, you could actually kind of make a living playing music and, and just, you know, going from one Thing to the next in that industry, so I was expecting fully to just be that, and uh, so I just was going from audition to audition, trying to find anything. And when the OLP one came up, <clears throat> it was just like a now magazine uh, musicians wanted ad that they said that they had a, a um, interest from a label, and and uh, that that was kind of like if you if you had interest from a label in the ad, that was just it was like a you know. Uh, a chip with fire ants all over it you know like it's just all of a sudden becomes 50 60 drummers or good bass players or whatever so there was so many drummers there I had to like have an appointment time basically and uh my mom drove me there I had my baseball k-way jacket on nice (laughs) my championship uh probably 1991 or something. Not to brag, that's good. Yeah, wear <laughs> bragging my K-Way. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so yeah, my mom takes me there. I set up my stuff, takes forever. And then I realize I forgot my hi-hat stand. So I'm like, oh no, I have to go get my mom to drive me back home to get the hi-hat stand. And at this time, there's like all adult male drummers you know, from like metal banger guys in speedos to like you know <laughs> the guy with the, the the glasses and the ponytail and the Jaco Pistorius t-shirt, <laughs> <laughs> like they had the the range of every kind of musician uh, in, in this lineup of dudes that were coming and going. So I had to go back home. So they're waiting, and I go back, and I finally sit down, and they were about twenty five, and I was like seventeen. So they were probably fully expecting me to just shit the bed, but things got going real good. Like we, they didn't, I don't know if we, uh, I I think we were just jamming because they didn't necessarily know cover songs other than like a a couple of Neil Young songs or something. So we, uh, we just jammed and it was great. Like it felt really interesting and there was chemistry right, right away. So, um, I went out of there, feeling good about it. And I got a call back a, a few days later that I got it and things kind of hit the ground running. We literally started writing Navid in this little warehouse in Mississauga and, uh, and, uh, or like West Etobicoke. And we wrote for like three months. And, uh, we, you know, at, during that time we got, we signed with Sony and, uh, I, I, I you know, I was getting, finally getting paid because there was a budget and I was actually making, I was so excited to be making 150 bucks a week. I thought I was like just on fire
2: at 17. Yeah. yeah. At 17.
0: Buck. It's good you- money for 17.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did your parents think? So, so yeah, no, that man. was
0: it. It was, uh, it, it was, you know, and slow people probably wouldn't realize now, but it was a slow build at that point. Cause the record came out in 94, we did have some some uh, airplay at radio but we did have to tour the country about four or five times cross and back in a little tiny van and um, that's when i feel we kind of earned our stripes as a as a group not just you know learning to live with each other but uh, learning to play together and getting better as a band and uh, once we started to have some success about a full year later and it wasn't until starseed started doing uh, well at radio in America, then that's when the Canada just jumped on everything. And the, the jets jumped on heavy rotation on that all radio and literally a heavy rotation on video, uh, video at much for like freaking 10 years straight yeah. from that moment on.
1: What, what, what about uh, your parents? What do they think within, you know, you were 17 years old going on the road and doing this stuff in a rock band. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, my dad was a drummer in the '60s, so he, you know, he he uh, he was a drummer that quit the music business because he felt like it just wasn't working out for him financially. So he was kind of bummed at the beginning when I wanted to play drums, but but you know, it was all we had a whole past of baseball was it for him he just wanted me to play baseball so we practiced every single day and when I wanted when I switched from baseball to drums in my head at like 16 years old there was a rebellion factor I guess with both my parents that that they were really upset that I did that but when the the band started rolling and you know they saw that we were playing big places and it was a, a legitimate opportunity then they were like you know, super fans like the greatest parents you could ask for. Always wanting to know everything. My mom checking the radio, calling the radio. Yeah, <laughs> was at she really? DJs. <laughs> like she would be giving you guys shit if he said anything about me or someone. Yeah. In the band. <laughs> oh yeah, she'd be calling up and saying, "I I want you," and, and like she'd be calling for requests. And you're
3: uh. get not getting play
0: on CFNY. <laughs> <laughs> <What's going on?" laughs> Uh, just, your mom was your
2: tracker which,
0: yeah which was totally <laughs> not true like we were getting played a thousand times a day everywhere but it's like some, somebody's like if brother Bill said something or something she'd get all mad at him and say why
3: not brother Bill <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like she would just like she. it got to the point where uh, you know unless you loved OLP then you know she was like that she would become that DJ or vi- video person's champion otherwise it was like look out
2: <laughs> I, I, I wish there was twitter then i would have loved to see your mom's tweets back
0: oh man yeah <laughs> you know, I, I could not imagine holy moly
2: yeah uh yeah, you should have pulled your sure. after 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 the band you should have you should have pulled your michael jordan phase and went and played a little minor league ball you could have pleased everybody
0: <laughs> yeah. that would have been great yeah for sure i didn't realize
2: you were such a big baseball kid or fan yeah. in general, that yeah, it was all that's from honestly
0: from you know like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, all those to sixteen. It was every day, all the time. Like if I go back to a place that I used to live, I always go to the local ballparks because that's where the memories are. Just right. of being there in the area, and so um yeah, it was a huge part of my growing up for sure. I mean, and then the traveling and the tournaments and uh you know uh, my mom would always keep score so like you know <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. crazy
1: <laughs> your mom is such a stat taker man in yeah, every yeah. shape <laughs> she knew my, like she knew my batting average like she like she
0: would keep all the she's like oh you're batting 370 you're doing great i'm like oh <laughs> She had my like. She had my ERA. She had everything. Like because I was pitcher is what I did, and and I was a, a decent hitter, but pitching was 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 what I practiced the most at, and hitting and swinging the bat. But um, yeah, it was kind of like Ichiro styles. Like I, I wasn't a power hitter, but I could get the bat on the ball, and I could place hits. <laughs> that was
2: my shtick. <laughs> this explains your athletic figure. I finally <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been wondering how
0: you maintained. <laughs> I got. Hidden barrels and real barrels. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were mentioned before uh, when you guys first started out, Your cross country here and there like forever. Just going back and forth, back and forth, just touring a yeah. piece. Uh, you have any uh, good uh, OLP travel stories? You ever use a piss jug?
2: A piss joke?
0: A, a piss jug. jug? Piss jug? Uh, no, I don't. Pissed, I've pissed in my share of cans and bottles for sure. <laughs> yeah. but, um, made a, I think made a shit in a bag once on the bus and then <laughs> oh threw, it outside, <laughs> threw it That's
1: outside. Threw it outside in the cold, and right.
0: then I, I and then uh, <laughs> I think it was Terry Sawchuk somehow. I don't know what happened. Terry Sawchuk was a friend of ours. He was sitting in the bus, and Rain went out and got the bag later frozen bag of shit. And hit him in the head with that frozen bag of shit. <laughs>
3: what? What? <laughs>
2: that's what I remember, pretty sure. Uh, must like, have not that's disgusting. But, like, That is totally disgusting. (laughs) That's got to be one of the worst things to get hit with. Like, I'm trying to come up with something worse in my head, and a frozen bag of shit is like it's bad
0: enough to shit in the bag. Then use it as a weapon. But to come back later and use it as a
3: weapon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That must have been wild, though. At that age, like just the
1: touring, the freedom.
0: 100% like, he would deny that
3: story. Like, <laughs> no, that did not happen.
1: Shut up, Taggart. I didn't do that. The utter lie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's, it's gotta be a wild time though. Like a band that successful, you're that young, you're touring, like just the freedom of it alone. Like, like most people, like you, even if you nowadays, if you move out when you're 18 is crazy. Never mind like touring the country like that with that much success. Like it must've been some pretty, it must've been like overwhelming at times I would imagine, or like hard to like keep a hand, like stay humble. Like, like how did, like did you lose yeah. yourself at all in those moments? Like, Well, uh, no, I think, I think because, uh,
0: I think what, what grounded grounds me period is just drums and playing drums. And that's kind of what I get off on. And, uh, if I focus on that only as what the, what I do and what I did in that, that band, that's it's literally, that's, um, anything outside of that doesn't mean anything, you know, like, uh your public persona or what you say, how, uh, how you are. those are, those are, that's, that's a thing. But like I'm saying in terms of what you can control, um, focusing on drums is the best for me. Cause if I was trying to control how people see me or posture myself in a way, you know how, you know what I mean? Like, Mm. you know, how singers can do (laughs) where it's like, you're trying to say something, but the listener understands you're trying to convey something instead of just saying what you mean. You know what I mean? There's a difference when you're like, and I, and it's got, I'm not saying because I was in OLP, it's rain. It's like singers can be like that, where they'll be like, here, listen to this song. And this is what it's about first.
3: <laughs> right. You know I mean? <laughs> like,
0: this is what our mind, I don't want to fucking hear what you meant. I don't. <laughs> care. Why are you trying to tell me what to think before I hear this thing? What the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> like you, you you know what I mean? Like you yeah. can't you can't be like that. It's very difficult to to be like that and then act, you know, wonder why uh you know people get kind of gruffed up. You know, remember Jeff Martin was kind of like that sometimes. Oh the You'd captain.
3: Like, yeah captain? the captain.
2: Uh, You know, he'd be like, the the tea party, just to clarify.
0: It was was almost like, Are you not entertained? (laughs) (laughs) I remember once he just said, How did I just start calling him the cat? At the stage, he just said, He would say, Want some more?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all right, I get it, but (laughs) cheese. How did? Why did you guys start calling him the captain? Where did that come from? He refers to himself. What do you mean, you guys? I don't call him the captain. Jeff Martin
1: refers to himself as the captain.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that. I I didn't know
1: know that. I missed that. Yeah, (laughs) my buddy's with their uh, tour manager, and uh, he says he tells me these stories about him, and he's like, "Yeah, the captain requests this."
2: honestly i kind of respect it (laughs) i I want you both to refer to me as the captain from now on (laughs) at least the rest of this episode the
1: captain left a bag of drugs somewhere in the van you have to find it before you hit the border
2: sometimes people have their trips
0: and you gotta let them have their trip (laughs) Uh, you want to be called captain god damn it right captain what can i do for (laughs) you (laughs)
1: <laughs> so what are you doing now, man? To keep busy besides the uh, the podcast, you got anything else going on? I know that you were doing stuff with Arkells. You're
2: kind of like the uh, drum king, eh? Like well, I was doing the Canadian I mean, drum bit. You mean, yeah,
0: I did stuff with the Arkells when they were first little babies, starting out when they were Charlemagne. But uh, that, oh, that's been saw, a long time. I
2: saw you a photo you posted a little while ago. Like you got all the like Canadian. Not all of them, but a good chunk of Canadian uh, drummers together. Like, are you like the the Godfather of Canadian drumming? Like everything runs through you. Like, what's the? <laughs> no, I'm <laughs> just
0: I'm just one of great many greats uh, that are hanging. Like when we have those uh, the drummer hangs, which our uh, bud Jordo from Young Classics Drums, puts together with uh, Danny from July Talk and Tim Oxford. It's just a bunch of guys in the industry that hang and it's fun. Um, and everybody's great. They're such great dudes and girls and it's a, it's a good group of musicians, the, the drummers in, in Canada. I'm just proud to be one of them. I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, there's, there's so many uh, legends that come and go you just kind of walk amongst them and uh, that's it you know uh i just uh it everybody talks about drums for two hours it becomes like if you're not a drummer you probably walk out after 20 minutes anyway because yeah. you get sick yeah. here and all the talk that's why we don't invite anybody else <laughs> <laughs> so, when,
1: so <laughs> when you guys get together how many of uh, the drummers are late
0: none
2: <laughs> yeah okay yeah, yeah okay <laughs> there's no such
0: thing when you're carrying your own time, who's late ever? <laughs> when time well, is in your pocket and you can give it like here's I'll show you when I'm late. Here are you late? In? I'm not
3: starting then.
2: It's easy to be late when you gotta carry all that gear. You got way more gear. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, no, that's the that's the one thing that's a, a drag about being a
0: drummer is the gear is ridiculous. Yeah
2: um man this was wonderful uh we were not gonna keep you too much longer i uh it was so nice to be able to like chat with you not in a quick five minute radio chunk uh yeah so i don't know if we've ever talked for this long uh yeah. sober at least uh so <laughs> it's not bad how are you guys
0: liking this so far this other this extension of yourselves
2: it's fun it's the real deal right it's just yeah. you now yeah there's like there's no rules we kind of get to do whatever we want which is nice uh we could have yeah we don't have to like cut you off after five minutes we can let you go and tell stories and uh i don't know man we'll see i I, I think we'll still end up probably back in radio at some point but uh for now this is great in the meantime it doesn't make any money and the chairs are incredibly uncomfortable but that's true you know well, Maybe you it.
0: never know, man. You get those uh numbers up and you never know. Hey bots,
2: get new the chairs, monetization. New yeah, yeah, yeah. Or <laughs> a, a preparation age
0: sponsorship. Yeah, something like if that. You, if, <laughs> if you're willing if you're willing to uh you know, read about a Casper mattress <laughs> yeah. for twenty-five seconds, you get yourself eleven hundred bucks.
1: That's true, man. No free ads though, Jeremy. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Don't plug that <laughs>
0: yet. No, but I'm saying that's how they do it. Like I I Uh, We actually said no to Casper because it's like, it just feels weird to like, all of a sudden you're reading some piece of paper that has nothing to do with the podcast. We've only done uh, stuff with companies if they're willing to let us, you know, either do the the commercial or, you know, let us do it in character or work, work it into the pod our way as opposed to giving a sheet that, you know, the same one that fricking Joe Rogan reads. Like, I don't care about that. That's just like, it's so, it, it doesn't, I don't see how it connects with anybody, you know? I, uh,
2: not as honorable as you. I'll yeah, take anything. Money oh, right now would be nice. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Mattresses, meal prep kits. your cat kits, have lice?
3: Well, you, know, d- you get down there, <laughs> get the best <laughs> lice
0: remover you can find. Bill's lice remover. It's like right away, as soon as the second line starts, everybody
2: goes like, oh, yeah. <laughs> waiting mode. <laughs> oh, all right, my man. Well, we got to let you go here, but uh, no thank, appreciate you doing this it is uh, nice to chat. Hopefully this whole pandemic wraps up soon. You guys can hit the road again with the podcast, the live show, by the way, when it starts back up. It's so fun. It's, it's a really fun. It's interactive. And it's great. Interactive. It's awesome. I think you guys do Thanks, such buds. a cool job with it. So uh, thank hopefully those come back and tour the
1: album, buy the book, yeah. listen to the podcast, all that stuff. Hit up your website, buy us merch.
0: Yeah. Torrens.ca with an N in the middle, bud. It's easy. <laughs> or, you know, we're, we're, you guys have, we're, we're in your social media hangs. We're, we're all together. It's easy to find us.
2: Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll link it all. And uh, thank you so much, man. Thanks, guys. Love you. Thanks. Love, me too, love you too, bud. brother. Bye. Oh, oh! Do go I go like my, when I hey. go, I go? I don't know. Hey, you, whatever,
0: you, you, man. Whatever, man. You, yeah. So like <laughs> when I when I'm leaving, I'm really leaving.
2: Yeah. You're like, "Okay, that was cool. All, All right,
0: out. man. Thanks,
2: bud." <laughs> so like, and the Zoom event, call like, is when when I, definitely I, the most awkward part of the pandemic. When
0: I when I leave, I'm gone. Just don't forget. Awesome. <laughs>
1: See you guys later. See you, buddy. Bye, Jack.
2: Jer- Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, he's gone this time.
1: <laughs>
2: there we have it. Episode five in the books of Tyler Lynch on standby. Still on standby. No radio updates yet. Not yet. Uh, big thank you to Tagger for taking the time out. What to a chat beauty, today. eh? Yeah, great guy. Uh, great stories. Uh, also, a big thank you to the Comedy Here Often Podcast Network. Make sure you check out some of their other shows. Uh, I know high school sucked with Darcy Michael and. Jane Stanton is crushing it right now in the charts. That's a fun show. I listened to the John Doerr episode. So lots of listening there. Big thank you to producer Alexi. Uh, big thank you to Jim Bob John for the original music. It's great. And Jessica Wong for the graphics. Uh, and you for listening. Make sure you uh, rate, review, subscribe, comment, thumbs up, all that kind of Tell stuff. Tell your friends. Tell everything. your friends. It really helps. And uh, if you want to sponsor the show, p- please reach out. Yeah, we can definitely use that. And yeah. Um,
1: tyler lynch at gmail.com
2: more chad kroger talking today's episode but still haven't heard from him so Uh, where's that guarantee at man it's coming he's gonna be on it'll happen so chad kroger we will see you soon